is the bullpen on 1027 ESPN with Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins. Opinions are welcome at 512-834-1027. Oh, yeah. And this is the hump day edition where opinions are always welcome in the bullpen. Thank you for clarifying. Of course. Happy Wednesday. Patrick Osborne, Brandon Elkins in with you for the next hour. Of course, our number here on 1027 ESPN is 512-834-1027. Nailed it. And uh, I believe I said this, and I believe the uh, gentleman before me said this, but opinions are always yes, welcome. Yes, sir. Doesn't mean we want to make fun of you, but they're always welcome. <laughs> bring it on, <laughs> no man. No response from that <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah, bring it on. <laughs> uh, well... <laughs> Yeah, no. no. Uh, some big stuff I'm to get to today. I'm not ready to make fun of our uh, listeners just quite Well, yet. so here's the way I look at it. See, like in the same way that I might give you a good ribbon or somebody else, it's only because I like you. Okay. Like if I'm not giving you a hard so time. So you like all our listeners. Absolutely. Okay. I love our listeners. Yes. And if I'm not giving you a hard time, we'll just, just uh, you know, we'll make then your you own, make don't your like own assumption you don't on like that, that person. Anyway, and one could make that. I, I, that's fair enough. But no, it, it is it is a sign of endearing. I I I love our listeners. Couldn't be happier with the with the everybody that we've gotten to talk Man, to. I so put far. you on the spot almost immediately. Week How and about a half, that? week and a half in, and you're already you're already trying to call me out. Uh, we got if some big... I didn't do that, then that means I don't love you, right? Oh, so now there you're biting is. on my style. Yeah, is no, that it's it? Fine okay, too, man. okay, you fair enough. You're fair enough. We got a lot to get to today. And uh, are you sick of the name Deshaun Watson yet? Uh, for a long time now, yes. Yeah, well, uh, bad news, my friend. We got some Deshaun Watson news to talk, oh, and we're kicking off the show baby. with it. As uh, Roger Goodell, NFL commissioner, he says evidence calls for at least a full year suspension for the Cleveland Browns QB, Deshaun Duh. Watson. Duh. Uh, he says the league's seeking a tougher penalty for Watson because of the quarterback's actions were, quote, egregious and, quote, predatory behavior. Now, as you remember, last uh, last week, the NFL formally appealed Watson's six-game suspension, uh, which was handed down by NFL disciplinary officer Sue L. Robinson. What a name. It is a pretty... It's, it just rolls off. It's just so easy. It really is. It yeah. really worked. Yeah. Now, at a, at a league meeting uh, called to formally approve the Denver Broncos' new ownership group yesterday, Goodell also uh, Let's ride. was asked why the NFL ride, appealed Robinson's decision and was seeking a suspension of at least a year for Cleveland Browns uh, for the Cleveland Browns quarterback. And uh, here's what uh, some of what he had to say yesterday. Of course, you know it's part of the CBA. The, the two parties had that right. Either party could certainly challenge and appeal that. And that was something that we thought was our right to do, as well as the NFLPS, and we decided it was the right thing to do. Because we've seen the evidence, she was very clear about the evidence. She reinforced the evidence that there was multiple violations here, and they were egregious, and it was predatory behavior. That's, those are things that we felt, we always felt were really important for us to address in a way that's responsible. And when it comes to whether or not he believes the Watson case is going to be settled uh, anytime soon, he, uh, he had this to say. I don't know, Ed. I'm, I'm obviously, as you know, I'm not hearing that. So th- that's a decision that uh, Peter Harvey will make in his time came. So Peter Harvey, there's a name that... Who a, is Peter Harvey? Former uh, New Jersey Attorney General. Uh, who's also uh, oh that guy yeah oh that Got guy it. well known well known Obviously. gentleman uh, in the annals of the clearly NFL clearly should have known that yeah yeah <laughs> uh, so uh, Peter Harvey is actually pondering the NFL's appeal of this six game suspension imposed on uh, Deshaun Watson uh, and here's a, kind of an important question here if Harvey gives the NFL what it wants that one full year suspension and there are plenty of reasons to think that, that he might is Watson going to be immediately suspended here. 
I would think so. You would think, but of course, the NFL Players Association may want. Uh, you know, they, they, oh, yeah, they they can throw their, their say. They can throw their weight around pretty sure, well, and, sure. and they may not want it that way. Makes perfect logical sense, though. Uh, you know, the league gets its way; it pivots from specific games to broader chunks of time. One year, starting now, no delay. Surprised nobody asked Roger Goodell that. You know, where's the gray area in yeah. this whole thing? Well, I, is he going to be allowed to play if he's on an appeal? I feel like Roger Goodell. Sometimes I feel like he doesn't want to talk about this. He's trying to trying to find as many ways as he can to just sort of not not to say as little as he can in public to the media about. Who wants it. to talk about doing their job, right? Certainly not Jeez, the NFL. If, if not. history serves, uh, the NFL hasn't responded uh, to a lot of uh, emails seeking clarification as to whether or not it's seeking the removal of Watson from training camp and the preseason. If it's not, it's not an issue. If it is, definitely is something to watch here. Yeah. Uh, the Browns preseason opener on uh, Friday night against Jacksonville. And as of this point, uh, from everything that I can tell, the Browns plan to play Watson in that preseason game. I mean, I, it's always been like that. I think even guys who were suspended and whatnot, depending on the severity, I don't know if Calvin Ridley's allowed. I think he's banned for mm, the season. I believe so. Completely, even from the team. But, right. yeah, on, on certain occasions I've seen guys who are suspended Still able to play in preseason, but once the regular season starts, they got to sit down. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, obviously can't rule out the, the, the ruling from Harvey that rules out Watson for the preseason, but the question would be whether or not the NFLPA would then mobilize with a legal effort to keep Watson on the field until week one and then begin yeah. his six-week suspension. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to see kind of how that plays out. I don't know why out. it wouldn't bother me that he plays the preseason, maybe just because it doesn't matter, but... At the same time, he should be he should be getting the Calvin Ridley treatment times ten, times a hundred. I think so too. Like no no contact with team. Don't step within thirty yards of of the feet of you know the parking lot. Right. Something like that. Just right. completely bar him from everything, and make him go do his own thing. Which you know he has the resources at hand to do whatever that what he wants with mm-hmm. it. So I would I, I either way he's. He just be gone. <laughs> Just well, you know, I mean, away. Goodell says, you know, several things. The integrity of the game are critically important. He says he thinks the findings are very clear well, uh, on, uh, on, uh, on this and on the, uh, the, the Miami Dolphins issue as well, which he also addressed yesterday. Uh, he addressed the recent sanctions on Miami Dolphins team owner Stephen Ross, vice chairman, limited partner Bruce Bill. Uh, that included stripping the team of multiple draft picks, including its 2023 first-round selection, Fines for Ross of one point five million dollars, five hundred thousand dollars for Bill. Uh, so damn. And so, when talking about the integrity of the game, he says, "I think the findings are very clear. While tanking clearly didn't happen here, and we all have to understand our words, our actions have implications. We have to be careful." Uh, so there's there's a lot of issues. Uh, there, there's uh, we talked a lot about this yesterday. You know about Goodell coming down on the tanking issue and throwing games, uh, intentionally throwing games, and how you actually would know, you know. I mean, how do you know if, they, you know? if they're really yeah. tanking a game? Yep. Uh, but uh, Goodell did uh, did also have a little, little bit of a reaction to that. Well, things games critically important. Um, I think the findings were very clear on the tampering charges. Um, and uh, you know, uh, while tanking clearly did not happen here, I think we all have to understand that our actions uh, have implications, can be interpreted. We have to be careful. Well said. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel like uh, Goodell is just uh, parroting me now. I feel like I, I feel like I just might have said that. Look, when you're just that smart, that's so, how that's how quickly quickly they'll get on you. So that's kind of where we stand with the uh, Deshaun Watson and the uh, Miami Dolphins, and where Goodell stands on that. Of course, on a side note here, uh, also in, on Browns news, uh, Cleveland Browns have lost wide receiver Jakeem Grant the season with a torn Achilles tendon, so things are only getting worse for them uh, over there in Cleveland. Injuries are uh, starting to come in bunches now. Signed him to a three-year deal this offseason to be their kick and punt returner, but he's also having a standout training camp as a receiver slot as well, uh, out of the slot as well, so you hate that. Tough times for Cleveland. You really hate that. When a guy finally gets his shot and starts showing up and then blows out his Achilles. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's just so frustrating. And speaking of getting your shot, uh, coming up here in a little while, we'll be talking a little bit about... uh, the Texas Longhorns and uh, what Coach Steve Sarkeesian, <coughs> excuse me, I Nailed it. bit my tongue when I said his <laughs> name, uh, kind of, you know, who, which freshmen have caught his attention in week yeah. one of the Texas fall camp. Uh, also a little bit more uh, out, of, out of Longhorns camp, uh, Xavier Worthy, uh, Jordan Whittington, kind of where Texas lands among the top ten offensive backfields. Who's going to start? Probably higher than you think. Uh, and an update on Tom Herman. Oh. In case you care. Okay. Who, by the way, since I just brought his name up, he uh, he he's he got himself a new job. He's got oh, a new gig. Yeah. Uh, CBS broadcast job. Oh. Looks like here, according to uh, this is according to Burnt Orange Nation, uh, he is uh, yeah. Uh, he most recently an analyst for the NFL Chicago Bears. Doesn't say exactly in this article when he's going to be uh, taking over this broadcast job or exactly mm-hmm. how, uh, but he's officially a talking head after landing a broadcast broadcasting booth job on uh, the Sirius XM radio show, Full Ride. Mm. So congratulations to uh, Tom Herman Yay, on uh, keeping a career going. We're really proud somehow, of you, Mr. Herman. Way. I mean, you know, those those who can play and those who can't. Show us the bird again on live right? TV, Mr. Herman. But back to the Sark era, because we're, we're well beyond the because Herman era like at this Sark. point. Yes. Um, in case you're wondering, uh, in case you've been wondering about wide receiver Xavier Worthy, he's just getting warmed up. Freshman, this guy had a stellar freshman season. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Used to be when you'd walk into the locker room, the Longhorns locker room, your main goal was looking at taking down Roy Williams' freshman record. No longer the case because oh, Xavier yeah. Worthy holds that record now. Uh, and look at some of these. I mean, last year he finished the season 62 catches, 981 yards, 12 touchdowns, and he's just getting warmed up. That's crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. wow. And and he's not I'm, many wide receivers even even sniff a thousand yards anymore. No, in in college at least. I mean, so I mean, keep in mind. All right, so last fall he averaged forty eight point seven yards a game before he broke out in week four against Texas Tech with a one hundred yard three touchdown performance. Two weeks after that, two hundred and sixty one yard performance against OU in the Red River Shootout. Uh, because I refuse to call it the showdown. Uh, four different occasions he hit the triple. Is that a woke dig- term now? Well, I don't know. No, it was long before this this term woke was even. In- Years ago, <laughs> when when Texas OU used to get together, it was it was Red River the shootout. Red River Shootout. Yeah, I remember that. And then at some point, somebody's like, "Yeah, it's a little violent. Uh, maybe we should change it." But this is Texas, man. Yeah, man. You know, you're, you're, you're on the prairie, pretty much. I all mean, right? it's not like the horns and the Sooners are actually there. You know, taking ten paces, turning and drawing yeah. and firing. That's you know, it's just it's just a name. This is a historic thing, though. And so I, I'm just kind of one of those stubborn old school guys who refused to ever change it. So uh, you'll forgive me. I, not I, that a one wasn't that one was no intentional. Zero judgment here. But uh, but I, I just I, I can't believe they still allow Oregon and Oregon State to call their rivalry the Civil War. Well, good for them. Uh, three times he had multi-touchdown performances against secondaries, and he's uh, not even turning 20 Jeez. until April. <laughs> until April oh, of man. next year. So, 
of course, Coach Sark is going to be really excited about this. Uh, he, he's loving what he's seeing there. He's also loving what he's seeing from Jordan Whittington. Well, real quick, before we, we move on to Jordan, the, the, the kind of underrated thing I think there is out there with uh, Xavier Worthy is his potential relationship with Quinn Ewers. Right. Because these guys got an NIL deal with Fortnite. So I'm sure they've had to make they've had to probably do a lot of things outside of football together. Wait, the game? The game, Fortnite, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. There's actually a video. Yeah, there's a video of both of them playing Fortnite, being like, Hey, thanks for So they're playing me it, money. but they're not like they're not like characters in the game. No. Oh, okay. No, right. that's what I thought no you they, they got some marketing or advent- right. advertisement. It's an NIL deal. I don't I know. I gotcha. Okay. But yeah, there's a little video of it. But anyway, I'm sure those guys have got a really good rapport, and that's something to probably look look for in camp, you know, pertaining with uh, Hudson Card and Q- uh, Quinn Ewers. This is definitely a, a an exciting season, I think. Uh, I, you know, as we've said multiple times on this show, the Longhorns are not going to win a national championship. Very likely their wins are going to stay in the single overachieve. digits. Eh, over overachieve. Anything's possible, yeah. you know, I mean... Eh. Highly I like, unlikely, I like to keep but the anything's possible. Up, all right? Well, you got to. You got to. <laughs> um, but uh, Coach Stark says uh, Worthy and Jordan Whittington really set the tone in the receiver room I for what it takes for a work ethic standpoint, not only uh, physically, but, but mentally. He says they both sit in the front row. They both take notes at every installation. And for them, this installation is the sixth time around. They've got oh, a man. really good understanding of our offense. Ooh, a healthy Worthy and a healthy Whittington. Oh, my goodness. And right. a healthy Bijan. Oh, my goodness. Kind of sounds dangerous, right? I think it does. Yeah. So, uh, you know, time will tell. We will, we'll have to wait and see, you know, once we get into September to find out, you know, it's one thing to play well, you know, in the preseason. Yeah. It's another thing entirely to play well when it counts. Alabama. Uh, right, right. Yeah, week two. <laughs> week two. Which, that's so brutal. I mean, you know, they're going to come off this from Louisiana Monroe, and they're going to... I think... Look, I love you horns, but you're going to get stomped. I think two. playing Alabama the first few weeks doesn't hurt as much as playing them in the middle of the season or towards the end. You mean like if they've because already got some momentum going? Exactly. And looking, yeah, they, you know, week two, you don't exactly have your mojo moments quote-unquote, Mr. McCarthy. Mm-hmm. So anything's possible, man. Yeah. Again, anything's possible. Week two, maybe some guys get hurt week one that you didn't expect, and then you're not ready. You know, Then they're not ready to go week two. I get that. And you take advantage of it. I get that. I'm just that trying to sense. find all the scenarios of positivity no, here. No, it makes perfect sense. There's somehow there's in football, there's always a way. Yeah, absolutely. Any given su- Saturday. Well, <laughs> I, I guess same could be same for our beloved baseball as well. But, of course. But certainly in well, football. It's most sports, but football especially. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of Jordan Whittington, uh, he was asked uh, how it feels to know the team's got so much faith in him after uh, seeing how hard he's been working so far. That's just something that comes with maturity and self-discipline. I always make a conscious effort to take it serious. You know, when I was younger, I didn't, and I saw the consequences of that. So now just being older, going through it three times in a row, it changes your mindset. So I'm happy they have faith in me, but it was something I had to do. Like, you know, I had to switch up what I was doing. I had to change something. Okay, scratch that. You got Xavier Worthy, Bijan Robinson healthy, and a now fully motivated and seriously taking this thing Jordan winning. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, that he's, could be very, he's very scary. Rip roaring and ready to go. I mean, if he hadn't been really taking it seriously the first few years, I, I'm a really stoked to see what he does this year. Well, and he was asked, you know, are you feeling like a real serious vibe this season? Yeah, definitely. I definitely got the vibe that's going to work. I would say team wise, just because you always want to come into the season positive, and then 
it just feels like it's more player led. Like everything is more player led. Everything is more intense from the players. You know, everything's more intensified than individually. It's like I'm just motivated because this is my last year. So like it's like this is the one I want it to be. And I feel like you can always somewhat control your destiny. You know, you control the controllables and then whatever's meant to be will be. And of course, you know, first first uh, first day of pads this week for him. Oh, it was great. Physical. It was intense. A lot of competition. It always is the first day, but it was good. I like I like I like being physical. So it's, it's <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah, fair. I hope so. <laughs> now he is on a new diet. Whittington is, and uh, well, he's also. Uh, I mean, who wouldn't be a fan of ice cream, right? So I eat like two big bowls of fruit like every day. I just fill it with strawberries in the morning and then at lunch. So yeah. what, what ice cream made trip you off? <clears throat> My favorite? Okay, so I switched up. I, it was chocolate chip cookie, though, Bluebell. And Bluebell is actually based in Texas. But I saw this stuff. I was in New York, and I tried gelato, and I came back down here, and there's a brand called, like, Talenti or something like that. <laughs> and they got caramel cookie crunch. That's my favorite. But I ain't been able to get it because it's only at Walgreens, CVS. Oh, I, I live far, like, from there, so it's just... It's worth the drive at the end of the day, but sometimes I'd be tired. Now, rumor, is, rumor is he's not right there. He's wrong. He, he, there was a, a factual inaccuracy This is there. the most relatable I've ever been to a Longhorn because Talenti <laughs> Gelato is my favorite as well because those crumbles that he's talking about, they're so, oh, God, it's so good. And Jordan... If you're listening, because I know you are, all the Longhorns obviously listen to us, or if anyone here knows Jordan Whittington and that's listening, it's not just CVS and Walgreens. You can get them anywhere. H-E-B, what's the the Randall's? You can get them at uh, Central Market. You can get them literally anywhere, Jordan. Go get your ice cream. I love how he he seemed. I love that stuff. I I, I love how he seemed to just kind of have an epiphany that, well, Bluebell's from Texas. Crazy. I think most of Had us had no idea. Most of us were shocked by that. <laughs> I actually come on. He's not. Is he from Texas? I don't know where. I'm not really sure. Uh, mm. But I, I would imagine. With I a give comment, him that. Like, he's I, not from here, but I'm, he's also been here four years listen, now. So I like what I'm him. hearing from the guy. So I got to give him a hard time. Listen, if you like the Did same ice cream, we not clear, cover this earlier in the show. Yeah, yeah, you're a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, there, there lots of optimism about the Longhorns' offense. I can't blame you. And there's also a lot of optimism about their O-line. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, when you look at uh, on three, uh, kind of gave, gave its rundown of uh, it, its picks for the, the top ten oh, offensive weird. backfields coming up this Joe season. friend Joe Cook. Right. He's had one on three. And some of you may be surprised where Texas lands on this list. Now, of course, uh, not you're not going to find them in front of names like Ohio State or Alabama. Sure. But given a rundown here on this, number 10 is Kentucky, number 9 is Utah, 8 Oklahoma, 7 Georgia, 6 Michigan, 5 UCLA, 4 the University of Texas Longhorns. Oh, hook them, number 4. And, of course, we round it out Let's with go. USC, Alabama, Ohio State. That's good. But, okay, that is very, very good news uh-huh, to see because uh-huh. the most important position is the quarterback, and if you've got a top-five offensive line, then those guys are going to be able to make some plays. Right. And uh, on three, it looks like they took into account the expected starters at running back and quarterback as well as key reserves for each program here. So, Well, that's kind of interesting to put Texas 4 with, uh, with the quarterback situation still a little in question. Yeah. And we don't know what Quinn Ewers, how Quinn Ewers is going to be. I mean, we don't we, 
we've seen Hudson Card, but you know, has he improved? Is he going to take a step back? We don't know either. So, yeah. but besides that, obviously you got Bijan, and then obviously these guys are really good. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely they are. Well, we got more on this coming up uh, after the break. Got to take a quick short break. We saw see Northside Dave on the phone there. So we'll be getting to Northside Dave after this short break. Five one two eight three four one zero two seven is the number. Patrick Osborne, Brandon Elkins on the bullpen. with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. And that's where you find yourself on this Wednesday afternoon. Patrick Osborne, Brandon Elkins, 512. 512-834-1027 is our phone number. As Beto would say, halfway to Friday, Lulia. Halfway to Friday, Lulia. Friday, see? Oh, you're going to owe him money for that. Why? Because I screwed that up? Yep. Anytime you screw that up, you got to pay him money. That's the, uh, that's the patent he has, the copyright. Well, I'm gonna buck that trend. <laughs> I'm gonna blame. I'm gonna blame my. You're uh, lucky he's in Florida right now. Yeah, so. he can't reach that far. Yeah, he's, he's probably. Not, you know, he's listening. He's now. on. No, nah, he's on the beach, not giving a crap about anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I would either if I were on the beach. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're talking about Longhorn football before we went to the break. Well, college gridiron, and of course, uh, our friend Northside Dave is on the phone and uh, wants Uh-oh. to weigh in. Good morning or good afternoon to it's you, good Dave. Morning. Yeah, hey, uh, uh, Whittington went to uh, Cradle High School. Is no, that Whittington? Texas? Yeah, Texas. Oh, okay, Quero. cool. So he should know that Blue Bell is a Texas staple. Yeah, right now. It's the first thing I knew when I got to Texas. Yeah. Eh, he's really good Priority. at football, so that's just, you know, he's a good he's a good human regardless. Yeah. We'll give him a pass. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm excited. I am because I was uh, reading into uh, Horns 24-7 inside Texas, and the reports are that these freshman offensive linemen now that the pads are out, they want to play. They don't mm-hmm. want to sit down. They want to play now. Right. And I think that's what we need because if you got freshman giants like that coming in, man, that reminds me of the Casey Stutter, Darren Senline, you know, Justin Playlock here, man. That's what we want. Yeah. You know, and so I'm I'm excited, guys. I think we're going to be in for a little surprise. I really do. You know, the the so. more the more we've been talking about this Horns team, the more I'm kind of on that in that same camp with you there, Dave. I I. I I'm on record as always being positive towards this team. I really wasn't sure what to think, uh, you know, uh, as as but as we've started to see this thing come come together, and you know the There's way Coach Sark is really, I think he's yeah, I think he's they they got the right coach. I think they got uh, some great freshmen coming in. They got some great great guys returning, and Transfer I really I, I think they're going to surprise a lot of people this year. I really really do. Yeah, I think too. And if we get this running back, man. From Florida, that's supposed to commit at uh, six o'clock. He's going to announce his uh, commitment, and all some of the predictions are that he's going to he's coming to Texas. So, okay. I'm pumped, guys. We're getting that feeling back, man. I'm getting that feeling like I hit back in the early days, you know, two thousand two, three, four, and five. You know, so I'm feeling good about this. Yeah, the salad yeah. days of, of the uh, of the Longhorn program. Right, have a good day. Hey, Hook thanks him, a Dave. lot, Dave. Hook them. There you go, Northside Dave. Went in. Uh, we Love always it. appreciate to hear. He's from got the Boca. Always appreciate hearing. You're, from you're, the Boca's growing on you. Burn orange Kool Aid. Hey, did you? Uh, I'm, I'm sure you've seen this video because it's all over the place today. Uh, Little League World Series. Uh, the situation uh, uh, there that happened in Waco yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, it was. So, in case you don't know what I'm talking about, well, I know you do, Brandon. But I mean, in case uh, any of you out there don't know what I'm talking about, there was an issue where a young man was pitching. And he hit another player, hit a batter in the head. That's scary with little kids, too. Yeah. And, you never know. And I saw an interview before before we went on the air. There, uh, Fox News was yeah, actually interviewing both of them and the parents. And uh, uh, the kid who was pitching, I mean, he said, I, 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 thought, I thought he had passed out. 
I was I was so terrified, and then he got up, and I felt better. Well, he was he looked like he was writhing in pain. Yeah. on the ground, he was rolling around. But then he just popped back up and Probably shook it off, shock. trotted yeah. on down to first, and then he looks over, and the pitcher's crying. Yeah, because he's so rattled about yeah. the fact that he just beamed this kid in the head. Well, I mean the. To be a little fair, the kid kind of sold it, looked like, a little bit. Because it bounced off his ear pad. Right. I mean, I've been hitting the ear pad before without padding. Yeah, obviously, it's going to hurt regardless. It kind of boxes your ears. You get, I, maybe like you he was, maybe he, Yeah, maybe he was just surprised and, and it freaked him out, freaked out the, the, the batter. Because, I mean, he... The way he popped up, he popped up like a football player, yeah, like well, a soccer player. That like, was a fastball he got it, hit with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it and, was. And, and so... But, but yeah, so of course the, of course the pitcher's going to feel bad. Of course. And, he, and he's sitting there, and he's crying, and he's in tears. And how does the, how does the other young man handle it? He comes off first base. He goes over. He gives the pitcher a hug. He tells him, hey, you're good. Just keep throwing strikes. Don't worry about it. I'm fine. And Unprovoked, it, too. Nobody was, asked him to do that. Nobody was around him. He was just standing there looking at the pitcher, trying to get his attention to tell him everything's cool. All right. But... It was kind of funny because the way the, the the way he set it up, like he threw his helmet down mm-hmm. and just started walking towards the pitcher. And this was before the camera shows the poor kid crying. And we we're, I was just kind of like, uh oh, mm-hmm. is this kid going to go talk to him? And then all of a sudden, boom, just immediately hugs him, and it's just the greatest moment ever. It, it really is. So it's, nice. it's, it's just one of those feel good moments, and I, 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 we we need more of that. We need, we need a more, whole not just lot in baseball, but in sport. I think uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say I feel like sportsmanship is kind of becoming a rare commodity yeah. among younger athletes. And we see more fights than anything else More now. fights. Which, of course, we love. You know, I mean, take, for example, the rise of bat flipping, which I personally find to be woefully disrespectful, okay? <laughs> That's for you and I will I always I cannot disagree. stand the bat flip. <laughs> but, nevertheless, I, it, it, you know, this, this is a relatively newer phenomenon, but it's just one of those things, you know, there's ways to celebrate. Yeah. Younger, younger guys and, and gals are growing up, and they're just a little bit more confident. They've got, to, you know, they're, they're heroes they look up to who are also, you know, a bit overconfident from time to time. And so sometimes I feel like sportsmanship falls by the wayside. Sure. You get more kids wanting to fight. And so when you see something like this, it just warms the heart. Well, so good for those two young, yeah, two young men. It's great, and it's... You say that, and and you're totally right about you know confidence and the showboating and all that, but the problem is all these athletes are now being told they're entertainers, right? And they have right. to. It's on them to help make money for so they can keep up with their big salaries. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do to be an entertainer? You're going to sell out. You're going to sell it all out when you do something big because that gets more attention, whether it be good or bad. Right. And that, that brings in more money somehow, some way. So it's a it's a catch twenty two, I guess, in that aspect. But I mean these are just kids yeah. and you don't expect kids to just do something like that, especially at that age. Well let me tell you, you know. if I if I got one in the ear hole when I was a kid, I don't know if I would have reacted so uh eloquently. I actually re- <laughs> I actually fully remember the story of me getting hit in the head. Uh, I got hit right in the ear flap, and then the ball kind of rolled and kind of clocked me in the jawbone a little bit. Um, and so I cried. I was young. I was like eight years old. And so I, I, this is this is the difference from the '90s to now. When I went to first base, the first base, uh, the first baseman, another kid, just looked at me and goes, "Why are you crying? <laughs> it didn't even hit you. It hit your helmet." And I don't remember much after that. I'm pretty sure I freaked out on it. Because you went into a blind rage. I went into saw a nothing blind but rage. Like, you, what do you, mean? you didn't see it hit me in the head. I didn't it hit me in the head and in the face, man. <laughs> hey, so anyway. well, you know what? Look, it, <laughs> I, I, don't, I wouldn't, man, woman, child, I wouldn't blame anybody if they broke into a bit of tears after getting popped in the head. 
Well, I mean, dude, I cried. You the could movies, die, so obviously, okay. you know, or you could yeah, right at the you, temple, it's you could have out. yeah, or or serious injuries. Your your whole career could be over before mm-hmm. it even began. Can you imagine your career ending in Little League just because you know? I mean, it's scary. <laughs> I think mine ended in Little League. Mine did too. I kept getting hurt. Mine did too. <laughs> uh, I, a lot of that me. for me though was because I, I I've got such terrible eyesight yeah. that I, I I was no longer able to see the ball out of the pitcher's hand, which Ew. made me uh, you know. But I, they got the cool goggle glasses now that y'all can wear. Well, we're talking about the late know, '80s yeah. and early. 90s. I know, you know, I know. It was a different yeah, time. It was. Like you're talking about. Yeah, our our batter's boxes used to have holes in them because we would always flood and the day before. Right. So to get when you get a hit, you're also a foot underneath the home plate and nobody's covering it. Nobody seems to care. We just kind of played along. Oh. So if we wanted to touch home plate, we had to like ballerina leap over over the batter's box just to hit home plate. Well, and then you had to climb out of it if you got a hit. Oh, yeah, that's that's always fun. <laughs> and then it would flood. Yeah, it would we were pretty lucky. I, I, I grew up playing uh, Little League out in, in the Oak Hill ball fields, which I'm not even mm. sure Oak Hill has ball fields out there yeah. anymore. But <laughs> Yeah, a little nose up on me on that one. No, man. I grew up in the poor area, apparently. Well, you didn't grow up in Austin. That's true, I didn't. Nah, no, but that's where, I mean, that's where everybody played. Like, you know, I grew up out in Lake Travis, but we went out to Oak Hill to play ball. Uh, and, uh, you know, I played Pinto and Pony and Colt, you know, all the different levels. Uh, and, Pinto? But, yeah, that's that's like the, the real young, I think. Oh, uh, Pinto may be, Pinto, Pinto may be a step League. above T-ball, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. it's, been a, it's been a few years since I played yeah. ball. In case, in case yeah, you... ours were Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle League. If you were in Babe Ruth, you were in the best league. Mickey Mantle League, you were in the lower league huh. tier. You know, you've really got to make an argument for putting the Mick uh, I'm saying, second that, best yeah. for anybody. I understand it's as Babe Ruth. As I was Ruth, saying come that, on. that, didn't make sense. Come on. But that's what it was. I mean, there's that's a how dude, they named it. You talk about a man who was tough, tough as nails, playing injured, uh, uh, what, on, on basically two knees that yeah. had, had stopped working 30 years ago. And uh, some flesh-eating disease he had on his hip. Yeah. Yeah, certainly though uh, didn't uh, didn't didn't affect his game at all. No, it didn't. Uh, or with the ladies. Speaking of Babe Ruth. Speaking of Babe Ruth. I heard Shohei Otani has uh, his name next to him now. More rarefied air in baseball. This guy just won't stop impressing me. It just it sucks. I, I ju- He's on such a bad team. And I said this the other day when he came into the league. I thought Shohei Otani was absolute just a hype job. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, great. He was great over in Japan. He could pitch. He can hit. Fantastic. Welcome to the majors, my friend. Yeah. It's a whole new ball game. I was wrong. And he took it by storm. Absolutely. He hit the ground running. Another home run, another pitching win, another spot in history. Just another night for Shohei Otani. Uh, it, obviously, you know, he's a two-way sensation from Japan. He withstood another injury scare last night, pitched six scoreless innings uh, to go with his team-leading 25th home run. And he reached yet another, mon- another monumental milestone as the Angels beat the, uh, the A's 5-1 yesterday, joining Babe Ruth as... The only other player in Major League history to have at least ten home runs and ten wins in the same season. Wow! There, there wow. were there were two other players to do this in the old Negro Leagues. Uh, Bullet Rogan did it in the 1922 Kansas City Monarchs, and Ed Ryle did it with the 1927 Detroit Stars. But other than those four men, no one else has ever done this in the history of baseball. That's crazy. The professional and baseball. No one, probably no one, will ever do it again. I I got to think that uh, you're right about that. I mean, it's just it's it's. This guy is is something special. He really is something special, and we, we probably won't see anybody. Okay, so let me look at look at his numbers here. He's got uh, 157 strikeouts this season, passing already. And guess who he passed on the list for most in a season uh, by a player to also hit 25 home runs? 
Babe Ruth? Himself. Oh. Yeah. 2022, Shohei Otani with 157 strikeouts. 2021, Shohei Otani with 156 strikeouts. <laughs> He's still got a whole month and a half to I go, know. too. <laughs> 1919, Babe Ruth with 30 Ks. Wow. Uh, 1930, Babe Ruth, and 1921, Babe Ruth. Only two men. Two men's names on that entire list There's of five only right three there. Three strikeouts. I know. In those <laughs> crazy. Two years. Uh, <laughs> and he was crisp last night. Five strikeouts. He allowed four hits. He uh, retired seven of his final eight batters. He's now recorded 25 home runs, 100 pitching strikeouts for the second straight year. And that, my friend, is a feat that no other player has ever accomplished in a single season of Major League Baseball I history. I did not see this coming. This guy is something else. And now he's second most home runs by a Japanese-born player because he just mm-hmm. passed Ichiro. Mm-hmm. So he's, and got, he, he's got 100 and, what, and I, 118? Yeah, and is it... Uh, Hideki Matsui. Hideki Matsui. Yeah, so yeah I almost said Kurt Suzuki, but I knew that wasn't right. I have no doubt he'll pass that definitely, easily. Definitely. And he's, he's actually... Uh, I mean, he's, I, I think he's he's been pretty humble about this, the, the possibility of passing each row. He's like, oh, you know, I want to pass him. But he was he was great, one of the greatest ever, you know? Yeah, so, he's always been a huge fan. Like anytime, well, anytime that he plays Seattle, they're o- they're always talking and hanging out. Yeah, yeah. Because Ichiro travels with the team whenever they go to California. Uh, so staying with baseball, uh, little, something little happened uh, last night. I think I think your Mariners actually might have gotten a win last night. Uh, I pulled this story off. I'm sorry, this was the greatest game I've ever watched, and also the most frustrating game I've ever watched. Well, I love the New York Post headline here: Yankees make so many base running mistakes and quote crappy loss to Mariners, <laughs> which I, I know that's a quote that. from Aaron yeah. Boone. I know that was Aaron Boone said that. Oh, okay, but, well, he's uh, not wrong. I wouldn't. I don't blame him at all. No, no. But uh, what are they? They lost in the thirteenth. Thirteenth. Right? It was a. Uh, it was a one to nothing win. In the bottom of the 13th inning, it was a scoreless game for 13 and two-thirds of an inning or whatever. Um, but, yeah, the Yankees just in, in the extras, I don't know what they were thinking, but they forgot how to uh, run the bases. Well, and they they had these, these stupid automatic runners on the base. and I'm so tired and, and these extra, So am I. These yeah. Little League rules have got to go. And here's how that went down. You had uh, former Red Sox, Andrew Benintendi, uh, took off to steal third too soon in the 10th. Caught in a pickle, or as you call it, uh, what was this word you, you threw out? Toot bland. Toot what? Toot bland. Toot bland. It is a word. Lifelong it, baseball fan, I have never heard this acronym in my life. So toot bland. Let me uh, let me you know learn you learn you something today. Uh, is an acronym for thrown out of the bases like a nincompoop. <laughs> and I'm pretty. I, I I don't know who who you know created that. But Cespedes Barbecue on Twitter, those guys are absolutely hilarious. They're very good at uh, baseball content. They're you know they're really good, just big baseball fans. Uh, I think the MLB bought them out, so the, you know they're official. They get to go to all the games. You know, do all, anyway. That's awesome. It doesn't matter, but that's where I learned the word toot bland. And basically, the Yankees toot bland their way out of a victory last night. I love that word. I, <laughs> I love that. I'm going to try not to forget it. Thrown out of the bases like a nincompoop. Although I do have to call out the word. Who uses that word anymore? Have you heard, when's the last time you heard anybody wear the nincompoop? Uh, I think it was on a show I watched recently. That That's a great acronym. I love that. <laughs> So uh, there you go. So yeah, so one you, nothing in the thirteenth inning. Basically, so basically, the the uh, the Yankees gave this game away uh, to the Mariners. Yes, uh, and it's I mean, but they, they, they couldn't it. hit. They ran the bases like the Keystone Cops, and. Uh, to be fair, they some lost. of these were actually really good plays because one was a line drive that went straight to the second baseman, and dude who was on second just watched the ball hit his glove and didn't run back to second, so they got they doubled him up on that. Right. It was just a blunder fest. Did you see what happened in Denver last night? 
No. This was an unbelievable home run. Uh, it was Ryan McMahon, and he comes up, and, you know, look, it, it, there's no surprise that when you're more than a mile up, the ball is going to fly. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I don't remember the last time I saw a homer of this length, and here's kind of how it went down. As this ball's club high and deep right center field. Take a good look. You won't see this for long. Oh, man. Did you see where that landed? If it doesn't have a four and an eight with it, I'm going to be very disappointed. Second deck over the visitors' bullpen. Nobody goes up there. That's over Helton's number. He tried to hit the captain's deck. <laughs> the captain's deck. The cap- That's 495 ridiculous. feet on the tape. That is so far. 495. Now, I, I, I've i never seen anyone hit it over that area. I'm pretty of, sure um, Mike Schmidt had a 500-foot home run years ago when he was with the Phils. But... I don't know too many guys that have hit 495. Obviously, it's going to fly a little farther in Denver, but you still got to have some pop on your bat to make um, it go that far. I got some numbers for you. Yeah. Are you ready? Sure. Giancarlo Stanton, August 6, 2016 versus Colorado, 504 feet. It's disgusting. I, I wonder if it's a Colorado thing. Uh, let's see. What else? <laughs> Who else we got? Nomar Mazzara, 505 feet, June 21, 2019 against the White Sox. Oh, in Chicago. And the day before, he hit a 482-foot shot. Somebody check that man for PEDs. My goodness. My goodness. <laughs> I mean, just... It, 500 it, feet is... It's impossible it's, it's not to be... It's crazy. It's impossible not to be impressed by that. Absolutely impossible. Good for him. Absolutely impossible. That's, a, that's one of the rare times we'll ever mention his name on this show. We so got to take you. We got to take a real short break here on the bullpen. We'll be right back. 512-834-1027 is the number here in the bullpen. This is the bullpen with Patrick and Brandon. And it's the final segment of the bullpen here, this Wednesday edition. Patrick Osborne, Brandon Elkins with you. Thank you so much for joining us. A uh, federal judge has denied a temporary restraining order to three golfers who were seeking to participate in the FedEx Cup playoffs after leaving the tour for the Upstart Live Golf Invitational Series. Mm -hmm. And, of course, those players are uh, Matt Jones, Hudson Swafford, Taylor Gooch. Oh, Jesus, man, that's a Gooch. What'd you, what'd you say? What'd he say? Oh, Jesus, man, that's a Gooch. Is that Vern from Stand By Me? That sounds like Jerry O'Connell. Oh, Jesus, man, that's a Gooch. I can't hear Taylor Gooch's name without that, without thinking that. I just, oh, gee, you remember right. that scene? Oh, yeah. They flipped the, yeah, so. That's a great movie. Uh, anyway, Probably one of the best coming of, age, coming of age movies I've ever seen. One of the best. Classic. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, U.S. District Judge Beth Labson-Freeman of the Northern District of California ruled that the live players had not made their case of irreparable harm and agreed with the tour's position that the players' argument for emergency relief was, quote, their own making. In other words, you make your bed, now you lie in it, fellas. Yep. Uh, but, you know, they. she noted that... Uh, uh, the Live Golf affords a suspended players an opportunity to play elite golf in the U.S. Uh, with guaranteed pay. Mm-hmm. And she says, you're probably going to have a really good chance of making some really good money. Don't complain too much, but uh, we're not we're not siding with you on this one. So uh, she says the first of it, her attorney's uh, first, uh, her court's first availability for a trial in the antitrust lawsuit would be September of, le- of next year. And if that date doesn't work, trial might not happen until 2025, which is really significant. Just let it go at Liv, that point. I mean, live players currently aren't receiving official world golf ranking points for live events. Um, and Live Golf did recently submit an application uh, for consideration of Dude, that. Dude, y'all left for the money. You don't want the. You don't care about the points. So what is the problem here? Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, honestly, that's fair enough. Like they knew what they were doing. You knew what you were doing when you went when you went to live. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Yeah, uh, absolutely. They knew what they were doing. And, you know, it, it's hard to sympathize with them when uh, when that is the case. But mm -hmm. tis what it is, my yeah, friend, right? Is. Sure is. So uh, that's going to do it for us today here on The Bullpen. Oh, Jesus, man, that's a good show. It is indeed. <laughs> we're going to wear that indeed. one down. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is another great, uh, another great day spending it with you. We always appreciate it. Make sure you uh, stick around later on this afternoon from 2 to 4. Uh, as we've got, uh, who's in? Uh, Beto's Paul, out. Paul Feinbaum is from 2 to 4. Oh, and then 4 to 6, we got uh, Todd's John Rude. I'm in 4 to 6. And uh, me again for uh, today and tomorrow. Ed will be back on Friday. It'll be back on Friday with Beto. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. No Thanks. Beto on Friday yet. Nope. He'll oh, be back next week. Beto will be back. Yes. See, don't mind me. Yeah, no worries. What do I, I know? I'm here for you, man. I'm just some guy. That's it for us. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow.